Welcome back to another episode of Crosses and Graces. My name is Peter Holm, and thank you again for tuning in. So today we're going to go and expand on Protestantism again. This time we're going to specifically focus on the cross, our own cross, and how we carry it. Before we get started, I want to thank Mike for hosting us and restoring the Faith channel. Make sure you guys subscribe to it because there's a bunch of stuff here that's really worthwhile that helps not only you get better in your faith, stronger in your faith, you can then build on that for other people, teach them, and bring them closer to Catholicism so that they can understand what's going on. And then, if this stuff all helps you, make sure to smash that like button there because I appreciate it. And then, if you don't like it, I got it. Throw me comments. If you do like it, throw me comments. If there's other stuff you want to see, let's build on that. And I will be happy to help educate however I can and turn you guys towards the sources that are going to make sure you get stronger in your faith. Get stronger with that depth of understanding, that education in the background, and we'll go from there. So let's do this. Now, Protestantism. I told last week generally what some of my concerns are with Protestantism. Things that started to turn me off to the point where I'm like, I don't think I can do Protestantism anymore. It doesn't make sense. It was incohesive. It didn't all line up. Well, one of the main things then that all of those issues contribute to creating is a situation where, well, if you don't need the history and you don't need uniformity in your scriptural interpretations, and we don't really need uniformity of an actual hierarchy that's visible, we don't need to worry about the fact that everyone can be revolutionary and protesting all the time. So therefore, it's always new denomination after new denomination. Um, Well, in the end, that means that you, whoever, a Protestant, me in this case, what I was looking at, I didn't ever really have to have a cross, right? I mean, from a Protestant standpoint, it's really easy to shirk it and just say, I don't feel like it. That's just too hard. I don't want to I don't want to go through things that are difficult. I just like to throw that aside. Well, that's not the way to Christ. He literally says, "Pick up your cross and follow me." When he tells us that, what do we think that means? This is not flowery language. This is sitting there saying it's going to hurt to be Christian. It's going to hurt to be perfect like our Father in heaven is perfect. And it's not that we're going to go and just be perfect out of the gate. No, because we all come to him a battered, beaten mess. I sure did. And don't get me wrong. I was baptized as an infant. But that doesn't mean I didn't make loads of mistakes that led to me falling into just some weird stuff and not understanding generally not only how to behave, but how to feel good about myself, how to feel good about God, how to understand the fullness of the faith and how to be the best person I could be and as close to Christ as I could possibly be. Catholicism was the only way to get into that zone of comfort and love and understanding the fullness of what life is about and what afterlife is supposed to be like and what God is in his full glory. And even then, it's only what a human mind can comprehend aided by grace. We haven't even seen nor heard how awesome everything is up there in the beatific vision. So it's cool, right? But the thing is, is to get there, well, do I just like, oh man, I'm just going to be comfortable. I'm going to do whatever I want. I can go change the doctrine however I want. I can interpret whatever I feel. And then we just get there because it's cool. Because Joel Osteen says, well, if we're blessed, right? I mean, we're going to get everything we want. It's just going to, I'll have money. I'll have a great house. I'll have a great job. My family's going to be perfect. Nothing can possibly go wrong. And then I'm going to be surprised when something fails and I'm going to be like, well, God doesn't like me anymore. Is that really the case? Because 
when I look at it from a historical standpoint, going back to things that I was reading to sit there and go, wait a minute, this doesn't add up. Why don't Protestants focus on martyrdom? Like, that's a huge component to being Christian. Literally, our God was put on a wooden cross and staked to it so that he could die after he'd been scourged to the point of having his skin torn apart to the bone. Okay? And it wasn't he's like, hey guys, I'm going to do this all for you. Um, and after that, uh, you don't have to do any of that for me. It's cool. That's no. I, every single apostle suffered. Now, granted, Judas, I hear you, suffered the worst in terms of the fact that he did not want to accept Christ's doctrines. He said there was no way Christ could forgive him and clean him of his sins. Very similar to what Martin Luther did, so there's no way to be cleaned of sins. Casting them aside, the other 11 apostles all died painful martyrdoms. And whether it was being shot by arrows, whether it was having their heads cut off, whether they were crucified. John, even though he did not actually die, was they had tried to boil him in oil. These are terrible. And did they sit there and be like, oh, God doesn't love me. Obviously, it's all over. And this means I'm not actually going to be a happy Christian anymore. No, they were happy. If you look at Ignatius of Antioch writing his letters as he's going to Rome, he's thrilled that he can go and suffer martyrdom and tells the other Christians of his time period, do not get in the way. Do not stop this. This is where I'm going and I need this. Martyrdom is essential to Christianity. That means the cross is essential to Christianity, which means pain and suffering are essential to Christianity. And yet, for some reason, almost never spoken of in Protestantism, in the full depth of what it means to live as a white martyr who gives up and suffers pain up until death, even if you don't actually have some anti-Christian zealot come and kill you on the way. Like, come on, like these truths, this notion of suffering and pain is essential to Christianity. And Catholicism, as we read even in scripture, Paul tells us that we have to suffer and we'll suffer not only for ourselves so that we can be perfected and getting rid of all the things that are corrupted and offend God, but also, as Paul says, he tells us in Colossians 1.24 that he's making up for the sins of others in his suffering for what Christ lacks. Now, we all know Christ has infinite merit in his sacrifice. However, every sin you and I commit, we reject some, if not all, of that reward that Christ otherwise merited by his sacrifice. And Paul says, you know what we can do? We can actually then suffer and then become the medium for grace so that Christ's grace comes back to us through our willful suffering and our happy suffering in terms of spiritual happiness, even though, yes, it can be painful. That's huge. So where are the victim souls in Protestantism? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know how they can sit there and be like, I have cancer and that's okay. I don't necessarily need to be healed. I'm just going to die this way and give all my sufferings for the glory of someone else. I'm just going to go and I have this other chronic condition and it's not necessarily going to get better. I lost my job. I lost all these other things. I feel sad. Well, all of those can be offered up, but where is that as a core component of the understanding of Christianity in Protestantism? So this means that prayer and penance, fasting... They're good things. Where is fasting and penance, a full regimen of living a penitent life in Protestantism? I don't know. And so when we look at things like the rosary, where are the ability to continue offering up prayer 
for the glory of God. Where is that? And the four people are going to say, hey, Pete, we're not supposed to mindlessly say our prayers. Everyone knows that. I'm going to tell you in terms of prayers, and this is for Protestants who have, they're, they're going to make that criticism. I'm going to tell you one, I agree that mindless repetition of prayer is foolhardy and absolutely should never be done. Like it is something that when we go to confession as Catholics, we're supposed to actually bring that up as an issue. Secondly, though, I would highly encourage you all to read the scriptures and look at things like Psalm 136, where David repeats 26 times over for his mercy endureth forever. And then read Matthew 26, Mark 14, 32 to 39, and Revelation 4, 8. All of those are repetitious prayer, by the way, shown to us in scripture. We absolutely can repeat and expand on it. That's just the way it is, okay? And the Hail Mary is also scriptural, by the way. If you need that source, I can go also provide it. So, back on track. Worldly loss can be great things for spiritual gain and spiritual growth and spiritual perfection. That's okay. When we suffer, we glorify God. And I've done an episode about this to talk it through. This means our pain, when we accept it virtuously, graciously, this means it can make us holy and more intimate and all with Almighty God because this is what God wants. If we're a block of marble, and I believe this is Father Wolf had talked about this, and he's going to shape us into that perfect sculpture. Does God want the sculpture, that piece of rock that sits there under his expert blow and doesn't move out of the way to get the proper cut? Or does he want that block of marble to go and try to back out and run away from all the pain and suffering? Which one's going to be a better statue? The one that actually suffered all the blows that the master knew needed to be made to it so it could be perfect? Or the one that tried to go and do it itself? Probably A. This means that we can become victim souls. And that persecution and suffering done to us, to Christians, makes us more like Christ than almost any other act short of the sacrifice of the Mass itself. This means we share and have the opportunity to share in Christ's pain and suffering to be intimate with our Lord who suffered on the cross for us. We can know everything he suffered and everything he felt and continue growing in that the more pain that we deal with in our own lives. Christianity is about learning how to be apart from the world. The world is based on comfort and making people feel like they have to have, I got to be warm and fuzzy and I got to have a belly that's full and I got to have every entertainment just shooting into my face. I got to do all this great stuff all the time and I can never just chill out and just talk to God. That's the world. That's Satan. Satan wants us to be completely distracted and completely attached to all the things that keep us from focusing on God. That's terrible. Protestantism doesn't have a way to stop that. It's not built to break that connection to the world. It focuses on the spirit to the exclusion of the flesh. Whereas Catholicism, going back to what does Catholic mean? The whole or of the whole. Catholicism focuses on the whole human being, the spiritual and the physical. We have to make sure both of them are tempered, both of them are focused, all of ourself is completely devoted towards God. Because did God just give his spirit for us on the cross? No. He gave his body, blood, soul, and divinity. Therefore, he fully expects us to devote our entire body, blood, and soul to him so that he can share his divinity with us. But all or nothing, as I've said multiple times in multiple episodes, all or nothing Catholicism is the whole, which means Protestantism, which is part, ultimately, 
because like I said before, there's only two destinations, only two ways to go. We either go all in and we go perfect and we go to heaven or we just say, I'm going to hold some back. Well, Protestantism is holding some back. It's not giving everything. There's no way to cut off all of the things that are busted in Protestantism in denying the mass, denying the sacraments, denying the fullness of the teachings of Christ and his apostles, denying the authority ultimately in pride in the end, bucking the cross. Now, this is essential for us as Christians to grasp that cross, carry that cross. Does it hurt when things are given up, even to Catholics? Yes. And does that mean it's bad? No, not necessarily. To be perfectly honest, when do people find Christ? Usually, when they're at the bottom. How many people of you, of the guys that I'm talking to, gals that I'm talking to, just folks out there, how many of you found Christ at the top when everything was perfect and everything was dazzling, awesome, and you were completely distracted? No, it was when everything went away from you and God left you alone to sit there and say, do you hear me now? Can, can you feel me now? Do you, do you know what's going on? And you all of a sudden had an inclination to God. Why? Because you were finally cut off from all the garbage that was distracting you, which Protestantism does not have any capacity to cut you from. Ugh. This is why I converted. Learning how fasting and prayer, repetitive prayer, like the rosary, there is benefit in it when it's meditative. That's the whole point. It has to be done over and over and over again to get to the point where you're opening yourself and focusing yourself totally to Christ, everything, so that he can be with you and you don't focus on the things that are going on here. Then the growth potentials, the ability to embrace the cross empowers us to embrace Christ and the fullness of grace and heavenly reward. It's awesome. Our entire life has to revolve around Christ, everything. And not just in words and not just in church. This means every single thing we do. And that means even when stuff goes wrong, we cannot go and let that blow up our entire day and turn us from God. He means for us to be with him. But that means in the end, just like the martyrs, just like all the holy penitents, we give of ourselves and suffer through whatever he has in store. Now, thankfully, on the Catholic side, there are monastic traditions. This is where the monks and the nuns, monasteries, convents all come in. These are people who devote themselves entirely to Christ. Everything they do. I highly recommend The Spiritual Combat. Check that out. Dom Scopoli was the one who authored that book. It is in uh, referenced by Francis de Sales in Intro to the Devout Life. I recommend both of those books very highly. They are excellent for understanding more of the depth of Catholicism and why the Catholic faith is Christian faith, is Christ's full faith, all of his teachings, the Catholic teachings that he gave us versus the leftover remnants, fragments that Luther kind of assembled based on his own limited capacity. Okay, let's go for the fullness. Again, all in body, blood, soul, divinity. That's what Christ gave us in his teachings, in the mass, in his sacraments, grace, the fullness of it. Ha! Ah, I hope this is getting through to you guys like passionate. This is so cool what we were given. This is so great, so magnificent. Nothing compares to everything that was given to us in the mass, in the church, with the sacraments, with understanding virtue, an ability to refine ourselves, to become like Christ. Now, crosses. Do you expect pain and suffering on the way to heaven? Hopefully now you do. 
do we expect that there are probably better ways for each of us to handle pain and suffering as we fail? Yes, there are. These are things I have to work on every single day and I still fail, but man, we're going to keep working at it. Find spiritual directors, find solid priests who can give you more information on this and do solid education. The opportunity is out there to be unified with Christ and the Catholic Church provides it through her timeless teachings, the magisterium, the traditions of the church, the scriptures, and ultimately then look at the, the sacraments, the grace, okay? It's all there. We all have lots to do. Are you ready to do it? Are you coming with me? Are we being Catholic, okay? Bearing those crosses, getting the grace we need, and ultimately getting to heaven. All right. Hopefully that was helpful. If you need more, happy to provide more. Expect more episodes on Protestantism. Next episode that we're going to do is going to be on Americanism. So stay tuned for that one. I appreciate all of your time. Thanks again for watching. Smash that like button if this was helpful for you. Subscribe to the channel and I will talk to you guys later. So as always, uh, may God bless us. The Virgin protect us and St. Joseph pray for us. All right. Take care. See you later.